This episode is brought to you by Longhorn Lager from Farmer's Creed Beer. <laughs> and here we go. It's time to grab the bull by the horns. There is a bull. He's got horns. You should grab him. It is Beer and Bullshit, the podcast about beer uh, where we bullshit. Right, Chris? Yeah, sometimes we grab horns. Sometimes we grab I'm Ben Johnson. I am your host of the program. Chris Pellerin is the co-host. He's wearing headphones. He's casual. He's leaning against the couch in an attic somewhere. It's just keeping it real. How are you, Chris? I'm doing well. This has really thrown me off tonight that my image on the screen is a mirror image. Why is that? And I don't know, but if I raise my right hand and then on the screen, it looks like I'm raising my left hand. It's really tripping me up. Yeah, we're bringing the heat tonight in case you guys couldn't tell. This is going to be a compelling podcast. That's the good stuff right there. (laughs) We haven't seen each other in a while, at least uh, in this podcast life. We ran kind of a sneaky little best of show last week because we had yet another no guest and... uh, Everybody's sick at my house, so we just kind of phoned one in, and I apologize, but I loved it. Did you listen to last week's episode? Have you ever heard that one before? Uh, I did listen to it, and I enjoyed it, and I ordered a juicy ass at lunch today to uh, help support our friends at Flying Monkeys. Uh, They don't need any help. (laughs) No, they don't. Uh, I did listen to it. It was good. I, I didn't listen to that one before. So Buck Tucker. There's a lot of demand to bring Buck back, so he's we're going to bring him back. Um, have you had any delicious beers since the last time we talked? Uh, I have. Um, so I dog sat for my brother and he had come back from Michigan, dropped off a couple of delicious Michigan brews. And then he went to Halifax and came back and picked up his dog and dropped off some delicious Halifax brews. So was, I had some propeller, two crows. I have this one from shorts brewing and. I mean, I said Michigan earlier, but yeah, no, it's Michigan. Yeah. What so, was your delicious? Yeah, tell me about the delicious Michigan beers. Um, this one was called Psychedelic Cat Grass. It's a okay, triple okay. dry hopped IPA, and it actually has kind of a grassy taste to it, which you'd think wouldn't be good, but it was really good. It was a nice, a nice follow to. Uh, to a lighter IPA with burst. Nice. Uh, I was in Detroit this weekend with our friend Leon, and we hit up a couple of breweries before we went to go see some stand-up comedy. Went to Jolly Pumpkin uh, in the touristy, hipstery cast corridor. And then mm. we went to, oh boy, was it Motor City Brewing or Michigan Brewing? It wasn't the Detroit Brewing Company because I've been there and it's close to the ballpark. Anyway, had a couple of good beers, but like, I was like shocked that neither had a Pilsner on. It was like a sunny day. We were on the patio. It was early in the afternoon. I'm like, I just want a nice Pilsner. Neither were to be had. So I ended up having really? like, Yeah, I know. Right? Shocking. I had an a, a barrel-aged semi-tart Saison. And I was like, yeah, this is delicious. But like, I don't need a patio crusher right now. Then no we had basic lager uh, that was crushable. No, the first Jolly Pumpkin didn't have a single lager on. And then I had a light lager at the second place and it was like, nah, it was like a 
it's what a light you logger. Give. It's already light. A light logger is right. not. It's probably much what you give happening. people who are like. I usually drink Bud Light. I don't know why they talk. I, about I've that. got to drive in fifteen minutes. I just got out of a truck in an old movie about stereotypical Southern people, and I need a light beer. Anyway, <laughs> and something. then we went to a bar uh, before the show, which I've since learned is a. From 1927, this bar opened, so it was pretty cool. It was like a just a dive, but uh, it's got some history. And as one does at a dive bar, I we just had Miller High Life because it's what well, that's what you do. Hmm. But we consumed some alcohol. That is the story there this weekend. And uh, good show. Who you guys were seeing? Jesselnick? No, Who Anthony Jesselnick, yeah, pretty funny comedian and. Uh, uh, I don't listen to too many podcasts, but he uh, he is a comedian who's been doing comedy for actually 20 years now. And uh, his best friend, uh, whom he met in university, is actually a pod, uh, an NFL analyst. And so he's anyway, that's their story. But they have a podcast. They used to talk about football and that was the premise, but they don't talk about football anymore. It's a funny, funny show. Funny guy. Uh, he's. We can make this about stand-up. His stand-up's very uh, calculated. He never goes off script. He's never engaging with the audience. He doesn't tell any stories about his life. He just, it's like, set up, set up, set up, punchline. Set up, set up, set up, punchline. And then he's great. He's very good at what he does. So it was fun. Twas fun. And then I came home to a totally sick family because that's what happens. Anytime I dare to leave town, one of the children has to get sick just to fucking make it extra painful that i left the house in the first first place well it is september yeah it's vomit time in my house that's all i'll tell you i'm hiding out here and trying to wash everything constantly i'm hanging by a thread the whole family's dropping around me and i'm like yeah. i can't be sick it's the same as my hangover strategy i can't be right. sick if i never admit that i'm sick right I I just don't engage my children. I wake up in the morning and I leave the house immediately and I don't come home till they're well asleep. <laughs> Classic 1950s nuclear family. Pretty good. I've started smoking too. It's good. I mean, it's like a Don Draper vibe I'm going for. So far, so good. Fuck two secretaries. I don't even have a secretary. I just go to other offices. Found a couple. I mean, you can find anything on the internet. You Google secretaries and like to fuck and stuff comes up. What's I'm your kidding. type? Uh, 50 secretary. I'm joking. I'm joking. Of course I'm joking. Uh, we've got a great show. Uh, I'm excited. We have, uh, you know, uh, we've been, uh, the guests have been a little sparse, you know, the past little while. It's been tough to nail people down. It's 100% on me. I haven't been lining them up far enough in advance, but I can say. We got some good ones lined up, including tonight. Uh, you probably know him. You'll probably love him. We've got Troy Birch. He is a jack of all trades at Great Lakes Brewery. He's been around for over a decade working in craft beer as a sales rep. He's been a social media guy, a marketing guy. Um, I got friendly with him living in Toronto when he was in that social media slash marketing role, and I was a an up-and-coming beer writer. So we're going to have a little chat with Troy tonight. And uh, if you've listened to the show before, you know Chris is a fan of Great Lakes Brewery. Yeah, and I'm I'm a fan of Troy, too. Like I think we've met only met maybe three or four times. You know, he let us brew a keg for a friend's wedding at uh, GLB, which, which was amazing. And then yeah. every time I see him when I go into the brewery, he, he reacts like I'm 
an old friend for that he's known for like 20 well, years. Well, he listens to the show. Well, get in here. I think he may have. He knows me from the show. And I'm like, come yeah. over here for a hog, pal. I'm like, oh, the odd time I have said nice. negative things about Great Lakes Brewery, which is not very often on the show, he will call me. So I know he listens to the show. I forget what I said, but he called me. Uh, he was in a car with Mike Lackey, their brewmaster, and uh, uh, a couple of sales reps. And he they listened to the show and then immediately called me on speaker to, to confront me about something negative I had said about them on that show. So I know he listens and he's finally here to talk to us negatively. The only negative thing I would ever say about JLB is why did they discontinue their fireman blue t-shirt? Cause mine is starting to get real tattered and I could use a replacement. Fireman blue. You think that was a really what the color was called? No, it's called their fireman T. Really? Yeah, it looks like a. It's not. It's it's not fireman blue. Sorry. You and your wife wear it. It's like a blue shirt that a fireman would wear while. You want me to be the Great Lakes fireman tonight, baby? And you put on that shirt, and that's how it got ripped. That's right. It's like a. It's like a uh, Mr. Plow type scenario with uh, with my wife at home, (laughs) and I need another one of these shirts. Otherwise, I'm not. I'm not getting any. Ah, so if you're out there, Great Lakes T-shirt makers, bring back the fireman uh, T-shirt so Chris can plow his wife. I think that's what he said. That's exactly what I said. Uh, anyway, random news. I, I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, the house, the Speaker of the House and our federal government welcomed a, a Ukrainian World War II veteran into the House. Did you hear this? I did. And, and everyone in our House of Commons gave this person a standing ovation. And then it was later revealed that this man was an actual Nazi. And I can't stop like it's like it's the most horrendously stupid and awful fuck up ever like how are we not all talking about this that like every person in the house of commons stood up and gave a standing ovation to a nazi this week it's not beer related at all but i'm like what in the actual fuck is the vetting process for inviting a person in to be recognized by our federal government when you overlooked oh he fought against the russians let me just do the math here He's a Nazi. He's an actual Nazi. It's so fucked up. Yeah, it's weird too because I was just listening to something where uh, it was an interview with a guy who hunts Nazis, which was like old Nazis and not the new ones. Yes, Ben, like the old ones that from from the World War Two. Right, not the posers, the real fucking, the real deal. not the neo, not the neo Nazis, not these neo motherfuckers. Ones. Yeah, but this was like super exciting stuff in like the fifties, sixties, seventies, chasing them to all um, corners of the earth, and now this guy's still he's hunting all around the earth for glimmers of people that were involved with the Nazi Party at all, and the big one a Imagine- couple of years ago was like Imagine a 90 that. year old secretary that worked for the Nazi party and she got life in jail and she lived for like another week but it was a Imagine that one. dude that hunter just rolled up to the hill parliament hill walked into the house of commons like during the stand ovation just fucking blew that guy's brain <laughs> like, oh that's what God. i was thinking i'm like i'm a Nazi hunter and then we just give that guy a standing ovation and everyone's like okay that was cool <laughs> they're all 90 now like German media was calling this woman the, the old secretary, there. the secretary of death. I mean, like, I mean, she was just in charge of payroll, and it was eh, uh, still a Nazi. I'm with the oh, Nazi. still a Nazi. No, I'm, I'm, Bring I'm her bringing Get her, her out of here. To uh, justice. No. She's Nazi secretary is still a Nazi. Nine year old invalid, you know. But 
She's a Nazi, Chris. There's no statute of limitations on Nazis. What about Ukrainian Nazis? They deserve our applause. I want my scalps. I will get my scalps. <laughs> anyway, this is a weird setup for Troy. Hope he's enjoying this, listening to this in his car with the staff of Great Lakes Brewery because we talk about Nazis. Because I'm not editing this out. This is pure gold. Uh, gold. Let's get into it. You're bullshit and Nazi hunters, right? That's what we do here. Let's get into it. Uh, Completely unrelated to Nazis. We won't bring them up at all. We're going to talk about Great Lakes Brewery. We're going to talk to our friend Troy. Can't believe it's taken us this many episodes to interview him. He's uh, a friend of the show. I've known him for nigh on a decade is that a word do you say nigh on near that's susceptible sure a long time and chris has been guzzling his beer on every episode since we started this thing so let's get into it and talk to troy welcome to the show troy thanks benjamin it seems really oh, weird. Of course, yeah, and uh, and Christopher's got a burst. I see that going. All right. I had a panic moment today where I thought, "Is today going to be the day where I don't actually have a GLB beer in my fridge when Troy comes on?" I'm like, "No, no, no. I got a couple. Always at least a couple." It seems weird that you haven't been on the show before, Troy. Like, I had to like double check. Like, is this true that you've never come on the show? And when you invited me, I had to Google to make sure that this, like, I was like, this is real podcast. Uh, no, I'm yeah, just joking. No, it's uh, it's you call me after find... anyone I mentioned you by name. Let's be real. <laughs> it's great to finally be on. Yeah, yeah. it's good to have you. Uh, you're new. Long to time here. listener, first time, first time <laughs> caller. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to, uh, I was trying to figure out the timeline for uh, our paths crossing. It was like literally the week that you jumped in fully to craft beer, if you recall. I was uh, starting to write for BlogTO and just doing my preliminary research, and you were a blogger of some renown, <laughs> if you can say that's a thing. <laughs> but the great Canadian beer blog uh, in 20, must have been 2012, and we went for a beer at Volo, and you were like, I literally just gave notice at my job, and I'm going to work in craft beer full-time now. Yeah, that, yeah, it would have been 2012. That's when I, in March 2012 is when I joined uh, Great Lakes for the first time. Or oh, for the first time, yeah. Um, we'll get uh, into that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that. Um, but yeah, I joined Great Lakes in 2012. And I do remember that time. Um, there was uh, you and Crystal Luxmore were pretty much coming on uh, to the scene at the exact same time for different yeah. publications. And I remember getting a call from Crystal through a connection at Creemore. Um, and I chatted with Crystal for a bit about just what it was like to to be, you know, write about beer and just be honest and do, you, you know, honest feedback and just have fun with it. And I remember we went out for beers. And then I think the second time, I always remember this, the second time you and I went out for beers, we went to the Marriott. Do you remember this by uh, the Eaton yep. Center? And there's a couple. I think you were of trying Americans to make a sale, right? I think you were you were in there. No, I no. We we just went to have beers and talk about just talk about the industry. I think, and uh, um, there was two American uh, business guys there, and they went up to the bar, and we were sitting there having. I think you were having a tank house or something like that, and I was on with Sam Adams, and one of the guys said, "Oh, Sam Adams tastes like piss," and. I want a real IPA and the bartender was like, Oh, we got Alexander Keith here. And it took everything in us for both you and I not to be like, 
fellas, you're in for a world of hurt here. And bartender, what the hell are you thinking? <laughs> you don't want yeah. that. Those were the those were the those were the crazy days of craft beer. Like that was the beginning of craft uh, in Ontario, the second phase, I'd say, and where things really really took off. Yeah, it was I can't really believe funny. the bartender at the Marriott Hotel in 2013 wasn't totally up to speed on IPAs. <laughs> That's shocking to me. Well, I, mean, I don't think there was an IPA on. I think it was Tank House and Sam Adams were like the big beers then. You'd think someone working in a hotel, maybe, but I, I don't know. Americans would come in and ask for an IPA. I'm guessing they sent Keith's back like nine times out of ten, yeah. being like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? You'd think it would maybe catch on. But that is a weird. A lot of people was... that know me though too, like I love a hotel bar. That's that's the best place to have a beer. I love drinking in hotels. Um, you yeah. just you meet so many different people, and you just hear like what people are. Doesn't matter where they're coming from. They always talk about where their favorite beers are and where they're from, and it's just awesome. Plus, Interesting prostitutes. And the prostitutes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, I thought you were no. talking about the prostitutes. They're all have a good background and different. I think we say sex worker now, Chris. I think that's the preferred nomenclature. Um, but yeah, that was no, a weird no, time no, in craft beer. It, like, unless you were there, it seems really weird to think that there were like six kind of competing people writing about beer in Toronto. And there were like six outlets that were actually paying people to cover beer exclusively. Like there was enough news and enough interest in craft beer in Toronto in 2012 that there was like blog TO decided they needed someone. The grid, which was a, a weekly mm-hmm. paper, which was awesome. Had crystal writing about beer. Every other one. Cause I think the one in between was about booze as opposed to mm-hmm. beer. Sarah uh, Parniak, I think wrote yep, for now yep. magazine. Yeah. And Jordan St. John was writing for the sun. Like he was like, uh, uh, syndicated across their canadian mm-hmm. papers uh greg Klaus still rolling with his news he's got the great mm-hmm. canadian i'm forgetting people but you, you know you get the robin idea. rope for like metroland uh, yeah, yeah. uh um uh yeah sarah parniak she wrote for now we had that's right sarah forgot so about even her. before that time even before 2012 we had there was alan mcleod old grumpy uncle al out in kingston oh yeah um, he's still, his blog's still chugging along he's yeah, like he's, he posted uh, something yeah. today <laughs> oh, yeah. uh there was him uh there was greg cloud doing uh beer boot beer, beer booze, booze and beef or something yep um yep. but he also did a ton of other things yep. uh cast with bar towel cast henry from bar towel steven beaumont and then josh rubin was writing for the star like the star had an actual beer a dedicated beer art, um yeah before they're like you're uh, also covering the raptors and local business and yeah. <laughs> like welcome welcome to the media <laughs> landscape <laughs> but uh, and then angus keely was writing for uh the toronto sun he was doing a weekly beer uh syndicated beer um right uh so there was a lot of us uh there was a queen's park right martin red was covering like from high level uh like ontario politics of beer it was crazy yeah like looking so back we at it, it's the... so weird like no one gives a fuck anymore but that, back then it 100%. seemed, like, it seemed important <laughs> well we used to get invited to like everything uh uh you know before the term influencers were out there um humbly we got invited and you're one of those we got invited to everything a beer launch uh um a new restaurant or bar opening uh it was events crazy. and we just we were at everything and so yeah. the early days the beaumonts the rubens uh enrights the clouds myself we all got to know each other really well and um there was a nice little fraternity of of beer i, I use the term loosely beer writers back then um yeah. 
I was just telling a story. I just had a blog and I was with Taps Media, but it was just I was just telling telling stories. I wasn't I wasn't in it to to get into the industry, but that's what it turned into. Yeah, I don't think anyone get into it to get into the industry. You may be the only one that eventually went to work for craft beer. I don't think you could cover the beer scene for any amount of time and be like, that's a job I want. <laughs> You're the only yeah, idiot. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, but but Chris then Schreier obviously was there too. Yeah, Chris Schreier was Chris Schreier, back. Oh, geez. Well, he's been on the show. We mentioned him all the time. I don't feel bad about forgetting Chris Schreier. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we forgot Beaumont. That you brought you brought him back. Uh, yeah, but it's crazy. You're right. Like there would be like a like I don't know. Goose Island was gonna like introduce bring Matilda to Canada, so they'd host like an elaborate beer dinner. And I'm like, I need to bring a photographer. And I would literally just find like a friend in the comedy scene who needed a meal and be like, give a camera. And I was <laughs> like, that's fine. Let's go have an elaborate five course meals. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. But I also remember that like at a time when all those people were uh, covering beer, I always remember you as like the smartest rep in town because you had covered beer and understood how easy it was to get us to talk about beer. You just bring us fucking beer. So like when great legs launched a new beer, you just throw a six pack and get in the car, drive to all those people we just mentioned and drop off a beer. And guess what? You got free media coverage for your beer pretty easily. And that's before everyone started doing it because of that. But you were like the first guy, like it's a no brainer to me. Like just get, bring free beer to people. Now it's like everyone with fucking Instagram does it just for the free beer. Well, but- it was a two prong approach for me, to be honest, it was get the beer to the people that want to try the beer for the first time. Um, some people would write about it. Some people would mention it on their socials, but other people, and I'll, I'll say like someone like Steven uh, Beaumont, Steven would just give feedback. Um, and the brewers were looking for that. It wasn't about, uh, how many media impressions could we get or could we get any ink on, you know, that's an old term too. Could we get any ink? But uh, it was... For the um, listeners, uh, people used yeah. to write on actual paper. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, but we we just, we wanted to get the beer to the people that would really appreciate it first and the, and friends of the, of the brewery. So um, that was even before my time. Great Lakes was doing that before I went there and I just carried it on. Um, and then I could catch up and talk to all all of us or all of you that could tell me what was going on that you were hearing and and it was you know reciprocal. So you're you're almost already a veteran of the scene, which is crazy to say because like you said, it was kind of experiencing a second boom in 2012, which for me was like when I first got into it. I was like literally drinking Budweiser in 2010, probably. So it was I I was pretty new. But you had already been writing in your blog. I, I feel so dumb talking about blog is a legit thing, but it was a legit thing. It got you yeah, in a, a lot. Of blog like, boys catching up, you know. But in twenty in twenty two thousand seven, like blogging wasn't like you're like I'm a blogger. Like it was like Troy was meeting with like the biggest names in craft and craft beer, like from from the U.S. and Canada. So you were five years in when I was just getting started, and so like. It's not nothing. You had, uh, I said it before, before we started recording, but uh, the great Canadian beer blog is still live. You got to go find it. It's on Blogspot, <laughs> but I found it today. It's still there. You haven't posted it since, I don't know, 2014 or something, but it's still there. No, well, it might've been 2012 was as soon as I joined Great Lakes, I stopped, but I might've done like a growler update, like yeah, at something gonna, where I had like, stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you decided 
you you had a cushy job. I mean, we can talk about most people don't talk about their other job, but you were working for the provincial government, which, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's a pretty cushy job. That's a pension and benefits. And you decide to I think you first stopped to go write about beer professionally. Right. Didn't you work for taps before you work for GLB? Yeah. So it's a it's a it's a long story and I'll try to keep it short. But uh, in 2006, I moved out to Halifax. I, I was working for the OPP. Um, uh, I started, I, I graduated two months early from police foundations and I took a job with uh 911 uh, dispatch, call taker dispatch. And it interfered with my baseball. Uh, as you know, I, I was a, I loved baseball, played a lot of baseball, um, but the hours were interfering. And when I went into the staff sergeant, he's like, uh, dude, you want a job? Uh, working for the OPP or do you want to uh, play baseball for no money and I said I'm going to try to find a nine to five job so I moved over to the chief firearms office and I did that for a bit and uh, my now wife back then my girlfriend she graduated university and said let's go let's take a year off life so we moved to Nova Scotia and I had a friend uh, working for uh, Labatt at the time at the Keysbury and I said hey I got a job working for Halifax police um, doing some warrant stuff. And I was like, why am I doing this? I have a year out here and I'm wasting my time doing this. And uh, so they got me a job at Labatt and they taught me a lot about beer. Um, And I said, well, why the hell am I drinking Keese? And that's a legit true story. I I sat in the, the, the beer Institute, the Atlantic beer Institute saying, you made me fall in love with this liquid, but there's more to it than what I'm tasting right now uh, from this company. So I, I befriended Propeller and Garrison, started writing about the people and the um, the beers and um, the places where you could get these beers. And that turned into the blog, the, the Great Canadian Pubs and Beer Blog. That was the first name. Um, and uh, uh, it then became the Great Canadian Beer Blog. But then I moved back to Ontario, went back to work in the provincial government um, as a policy advisor and the beer just kept sucking me back. It just kept, I wasn't, I wasn't happy doing the the government work and, um, tops media at the time, again, had a magazine, um, owned the Canadian brewing awards. And I started writing articles for them part-time or started writing articles and selling ads for them part-time. And uh, in 2010, they said, hey, do you want to come do this full time? We want to make a go of this. So I took a big pay cut, dropped my pension, my benefits, and went and did that for uh, for two years, helped create the, or build up the Canadian Brewing Awards. I think when I started the Canadian Brewing Awards, there was like maybe 60 breweries that were involved in that and now uh, you know there's there's hundreds if not thousands uh, almost a thousand breweries um uh, participating um in different uh, canadian uh, brewing awards but um i started doing uh, that build that up and then and we started the toronto beer week uh in 2010 as well with a bunch of friends and then I just kept in touch with the the Great Lakes folks, and in yeah. 2012 they just said, "Hey, now's the time! Like shit or get off the pot. It's time for you to come work for a brewery, and we want you to come work for us." And um, uh, I was ready to make the leap, and 
You know, I look back and go, if I stayed with that 911 call taker job, I could be retired in like five years. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I have, uh, as Nicholas Pashley said, he could uh, he could be a rich man today if he didn't fall in love with beer, but now he's driving a K car and he's a happy guy doing it. So I'm the same way. <clears throat> I had a K car, 1987 Dodge Air Beautiful vehicle. Go. Great Lake still <laughs> has the exact same car in their parking lot right now. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I was you. You founded Toronto Beer Week. Was that was related to Taps Media, or was that like no? Nope, that was separate. You and Cass, right? Yeah. So it started out John Bowden, who worked at Great Lakes. Uh, ironically, uh, John Bowden and I had a lot of chats, um, and then Cass was involved in that. And we were coming back from Chicago in 2010 from a craft brewers conference, and we said, "Now's the time to do this." Um, we pitched some people and the, the people started another beer week. Um, so we said, Oh, we'll, we'll do it anyway. We'll do our own. We'll do it privately. Uh, we got some sponsorship involved and son of a bitch, the other people, the, OCB, Ontario New York just hit a New York just hit a two run home run on the top of the ninth. Sorry, everyone. Um, and, it's old uh, news by the time this air, it's old news. Um, and so we started Toronto Beer Week. There was uh, there was four of us that really started, got it off the ground, and then we we created somewhat of like a little board um, and an executive. And we started with literally our own cash. We threw in a couple hundred bucks each, got some sponsorship, and uh, it took off. It just blew up. Um, by year four, we were into like three hundred events over nine days. We had municipal significance, so bars could stay open until four a.m. Um, who was you? You were watching baseball. Who who stole the idea? OCB. You pitched it, and they did their own thing. <laughs> no, I think that there was all talks about that going on. There was a BC Craft Beer Week too. So, oh, um, uh, the OCB. Never no, there was. It wasn't the OCB. I'll say <laughs> no. that it was another Canadian one. But uh, um, there was a lot of talk back. Like I said, uh, the bloggers, uh, we all shared ideas and stuff. And so we were all talking to one another. And then all of a sudden, someone else took uh, our May uh, craft beer week. And so we just said, you know what, we're going to do this and we're going to do it our own way. Um, and we sold that to St. Joe's Media, which is the owner of uh, Toronto Life in 2018. We we said, you know, we're I had a son and... Um, uh, it just became, it, it was tough to do it for no money. <laughs> the, uh, yeah. uh, at the end of the day, we, we, we acted as a, anything for the right price. Tag. <laughs> yeah. We acted as a nonprofit, um, we, which we put everything back into the, to the event. And, uh, so, so St. The, Joe's came along and they had, you know, Toronto burger week, Toronto cocktail week. And do they still they do want it? a Toronto is beer. Still, is there still a Toronto brewery? Some of us were consultants for a couple of years, um, and then COVID hit, and they didn't do it. So, okay, yeah, because I in my googling uh, research, I was uh, I had a really really long blog post shitting on it for involving Goose Island because that was just like filled me with rage, and I got comments from everyone involved like, "How dare they invite Anheuser Busch to Toronto Beer Week?" Because this is not a Anyway, well, the funny thing as was, was the Toronto style at the time. Yeah, <laughs> well, okay. Toronto Beer Week when we first got it, when it really picked up steam. Um, Greg how much Conway, did you sell it for? You didn't say how much did you personally make? Would you run in your bank? Oh, well, I didn't make any money. I threw. I just paid back everything that I ever put into it. Um, really? We all, yeah, we didn't make we didn't make money. The trademark was worth more than anything, uh, anything. But there was 
um, there was 10 of us that put money into Toronto Beer Week. So 10 of us essentially got our money back, plus plus a little bit like beer money out of it. Um, but uh, yeah, when we started Toronto Beer Week, Greg Causeway, who is uh, you know the co-founder of Toronto Festival Beer, he he really hated it. He shit on it, and uh, he publicly called us out a couple times on Twitter, um, saying you know like they're the original Toronto Beer Week and everything. And I love Les Murray from Toronto Festival Beer. He's a great guy, great person. But Causeway and I Causeway's just the never, other guy. Uh, Causeway's the loser. Causeway's the other guy. Causeway uh, and I never got eye to eye. And he was we've really crossed paths a few so, times. Similar, so similar. You were, he, you were pissed that uh, Goose Island was involved. Well, he really wanted to get Keith and Stella and as the premier sponsorship and stuff. And so, um, you know, we had to politely decline them and. That didn't go over well with him. So we stuck to our guns because it was all about uh, craft beer and local craft uh, producers and independence. And so when we felt like it was starting to get away from that, we we that's why we we ended up selling to to St. Joe's Media. 2018, and then it got shitty, petered out, and now you recognize it doesn't exist anymore. And I've seen something called Great Lakes Beer Week suddenly popping up in my yeah. news feed and my. It's funny. It seems like there's a you recognize there's a a need for a week of beer and no one else is doing it anymore. You're gonna well, build it up, we and sat cash th- out again. <laughs> <laughs> so we sat down as a as a group um, years ago and we said, you know, if we we're so involved in the community, Great Lakes is so involved in the community, and we're so we call ourselves and this is like a it's a humble thing that we say, but we're on we feel like we're Ontario's local brewery. Um, whether you're drinking in London, Ontario, or Guelph, Kingston, uh, Windsor to Ottawa, if you have a Great Lakes, you know it's going to be fresh. You know it's going to be consistent. You know it's going to be good value. Um, we relate to everyone and 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 everything really, like uh, uh, bricks and mortar bars and restaurants, retail. Uh, so we like to call ourselves Ontario's local brewery. But we realize that at any given time on any given day we got something going on across the province. So why not turn it into an actual celebration of great lakes for the week and uh, it coming up October 2nd to the 7th. Um, we're kind of rushing this one. I will say that um, we wanted to, to kind of uh, get our feet wet so that 2014 GLB beer week will be really big, but we have a top takeover at the Argyle in Hamilton. It's a, it's an all week uh, festival. Uh, we have a big top takeover at Brydon's in Toronto on the Tuesday. We have a twenty four top takeover at the Only Cafe, including a couple collaboration beers on the Friday. Uh, for the first time in GLB's thirty six year history, we're going to do an open house at the brewery, um, so people can come in um, and see, you know, kind of sneak behind the the curtain and like the Wizard of Oz. Uh, uh, see what's happening behind the retail doors. Um, we have a run club. We have a beer and well, food they're, pairing they're night. Beer back there. It's just a brewery. They're, they're making beer back there. And, you know, and we always say it's nuts and bolts like really. So it's not uh, spin and polish. But um, uh, as you guys both know, uh, when we did Old Man Johnson and that uh, the right. wedding beer. Um, uh, so yeah, we have we have a bunch of things. We have a big pub crawl that we're organizing on the Danforth and one in Ronsi in Toronto. Um, so year one is we got a lot of things cooking. Year two is going to be huge. So nice. Well, Troy, a decade working for Great Lakes with a with a break. 
do you feel yourself talking in marketing bullet points or is it just happening naturally? Cause you're just like, <laughs> you hit no, that it's, just, no, it's so you're good at what you do, but I'm like, you are, <laughs> you are a pitch man by heart. Like you're like, you fell into that so easily. You're still watching the fucking Yankees game. No, just, he's just a good talker. <laughs> you're telling that you're telling your background story and then the, the home run interrupted you and you weren't even phased at all. I don't have that ability to multitask. I, I lost my train of thought asking a question at an event tonight. It was one sentence. <laughs> I'm, I'm oh, sorry. What was that. the question? No, I'm, just, uh, no. Um, I'm breaking your balls a little, but I mean, you are no I mean, man. I, I, you're I, I a, you're a company you. man. Like this is your, your career and beer as great lakes. Like it's, it's, it's kind of crazy. Like, like you're, I, I, I'm hard pressed to think of anyone I associate more with a brand in Ontario beer than you. I guess, have you ever been tempted to, to jump ship? Has there ever been a, somebody ever come calling or like, that, that's a pretty long haul with the same place. Most people work in craft beer. They move around a bit. You've never done it. Uh, there's uh, two answers. The first one would be, um, I, I was lucky. I fell into great lakes in 2012 uh like i said at the start like this was the start of the second wave of craft beer in ontario um and so i got to come to a company with uh, the bullet family and for anyone that knows them go out and do your job have fun doing it bring in some some sales um but it's not world domination it's not at the end of the at the end of the week at the end of the month or the year looking at your numbers going whoo uh you didn't hit a 86 percent target that we set for you it's hey did you have fun this year and did we make some money yeah okay so go ahead and do it again next year but do it better so i got lucky that way where peter bull is an amazing guy to work for and he's he's had my back i've had his back uh for many many years um the second part to that is there's been a lot of offers to go to different breweries over the years um uh, I think the best one was Carlsberg came after uh, myself and another uh, member of Grey Lakes uh, back in around 2016 or 17. And they said, you know, you have sales targets that we need. Yeah. Like I have no desire to get back into full on sales and I wouldn't want to go to a company that just turns and burns people or churns and burns, whatever the saying is. Um, so I respectively declined, but other craft breweries have um, um, approached myself over the years, and um, it's not about money for me. I'm, I'm you know, stupidly maybe I, I haven't done that route, but uh, um, I'm happy with what I do, and um, I have good responsibilities at Great Lakes with an amazing, amazing team um, of people that really care, and at the end of the day, um, I just, I just love what I do and I love the people that I work with and who I work for. So, um, yeah, so those aren't talking related. points. Those are, those are real, I those know. are real I'm points. Just with you. I know related <laughs> question related uh, in hectoliters. How much Canuck do you think you've consumed in your lifetime? <laughs> in my lifetime? Oh, geez. <laughs> Cause lot. that's gotta be a perk. Uh, You're like Carlsberg. I don't know. You don't have Canuck. Yeah. Do, but... <laughs> so, I used to say the line all the time. Like it was my, it was my talking point. I would say, um, someone would always ask me, doesn't matter what kind of media would be. They'd say, so what's your favorite beer at Great Lakes? And I'd say, oh, well, if you, 
if you went to draw some blood for me, you'd have to pull a pint of Canuck before you hit the blood because it was just that's the beer I had all the time. And uh, I got to say, Fabian Skidmore, our art director, he has beat me in the overall consumption of uh, Canuck. That's all he drinks. Um, uh, <laughs> but a lot. I'm really into lagers right now. And our lagers, I think, are some of the best in the in the country. Um, our old Dusseldorf Alt beer, that's what I was just drinking. It's my favorite beer that we brew. I, I just love it. And when it comes back, I make sure like I have a case of that in my fridge all the time. Give it to everyone. I love that beer. Um, and I'm just, I really like the Great Lakes Lager now too. This guy, so the new white beer. guy. And, uh, it's an under the radar beer for sure. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, Canuck, uh, it's still in the fridge and it's still, it's not like it used to be with me, but uh, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how many hectoliters over my lifetime. Probably a, probably at least a 120 heck uh, tank. <laughs> <laughs> um, what would be your favorite? non great lakes brewery beer uh i love i love uh godspeed and where i live it's close by um any of his czech czech loggers i love um i i i think they're underrated but i think ian macustra and cody's loggers at uh they're uh the the I'm going to butcher the name, the Starka, um, the Hellas that they do the odd time. I think those beers are phenomenal. I think Ian and Cody don't get the recognition for some of their adventure series brews that, uh, well, they um, don't go too far. Like unless you're, yeah, but at the same time, like no one talks about them anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They're, they're great beers. They're so well made and well, they also uh, sold out. They're dead to everyone. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Yeah. (laughs) But the beers are great. Yeah, that's true. I love and and I know you've talked about it a long or a lot recently, but um I go I my roots go back to steam whistle and and the glass bottle and just the just having a nice fresh cold steam whistle bottle. I I just love it and uh so they always have a, a soft spot in my heart and then you guys in London are blessed with Anderson. I love Anderson. I love the simplicity of their their branding. I love the simplicity of their beers. Gavin is one of the nicest guys in the entire industry and Great Lakes. Uh, we have nothing but love for Gavin. Good beer. I got the Mars and Lager in my fridge right now and Cream Ale's in my fridge right now as it often is. What's the one the gold? Is it called the gold from them? The yeah, it's just called gold. Right? Yeah. yeah, it's like their four point two percent. Yeah, yeah, I love that beer. And my next door neighbor, I got to give a shout out to Alex Bruni. He's gonna listen to this because he he's a. Uh... <laughs> so this guy moved into our our next door neighbor. He moved into the house, and he's like, "Please tell me you're the guy that drives the Great Lakes car." And <laughs> it was serendipitous, man. This guy moved in, huge craft beer fan. And uh, yeah, so he, throughout COVID, he was ordering a lot from from Anderson. I'd bring home the Great Lakes. He'd give me some Anderson. We'd trade beers and uh, we've become like really awesome friends and it, it's all over beer, which is awesome. But Anderson was a big part of that. Nice. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I mean, it's nine minutes from my house and fresh is always best, as you know. Um, fresh GLP. Yeah, there you go. What? Hashtag. I said fresh beer. I didn't say fresh GLP. Uh. Are you looking for a smooth, lightly filtered lager with a balanced taste and crisp finish? Grab the bull by the horns. Longhorn Lager from Farmer's Creed Beer is available at Select Beer and LCBO stores now. 
Details at farmerscreedbeer.com. What, what's okay? So you left Great Lakes Brewery for a while. You left to go, you left the beer industry. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's easy to be cynical and burned out. I mean, during COVID, every fucking episode of this show was about people who were like burned out and it was the hardest job and craft brewery, craft brewing is brutal. So, like, I mean, I get it. So was that the motivation to leave? You're just like, you know what? This industry is kind of going through a tough time. It's a little much. What 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 compelled you to leave? And I don't know this, Troy, but did you go back to 911 Dispatch? <laughs> no, I went to Daily Bread Food Bank. You went back um, to TAPS. He tried to bring magazines back. <laughs> <laughs> he tried to be the magazine back. Um, I have no shame in saying this, that I hit a wall um, in January of she's the year 2022 um i hit a wall and i was just i had uh it was a rough year and i just burnt out i was legitimately burnt out um covid hit in march 2020 right um it was around yeah around st patrick's day (laughs) (laughs) and um from the moment that it happened and the world shut down and everything changed um beer didn't um we were essential service um so we were open um it was about three weeks into it we let the gm of the company we we let him go um and there was a lot of decisions that had to be made on the fly and i stepped into that role not into the actual gm role but into the role of you know trying to navigate what the next steps are at the same time my wife is in healthcare. um and so her schedule was moved around. The kids were out of school. And for two two years, it was kids homeschool, going to work when my wife wasn't at work, trading off the kids. Um, I would go in in the morning, do all my work, um, doing new releases, label with Fabian, label creation, all the content creation, all the quasi like you know people management stuff and then in the afternoon i'd go out and do like 50 deliveries home deliveries just to just to keep the beer getting out there at the height of covid uh we were doing gray lakes was doing 450 home deliveries a day in toronto um so we had everyone we we kept all of our staff uh that had licenses essentially out on the road everyone was driving we put everyone in cars and just kept the beer out there we took a lot of hate during covid too um we had the anderson or sorry not anderson sorry gavin uh, we had gavin adamson Duty. barbecue yeah <laughs> we had the adamson barbecue thing happen down the street from us and so that was a week of just complete hell where you know um uh people coming trying to come into the brewery and fight our staff or why because uh, you were calling us the COVID. worst names in the world Just no we because... weren't closed for covid but uh they were coming to protest uh sanity the, the, <laughs> no. the freedom freedom and all this yeah, stuff yeah. <laughs> uh and so you know freedom. by by doing that they called us every name in the book and we had the white supremacists we had proud boys we had paul frome was there and like it was just it was insane and people were coming to the brewery because we were like we were open we had big release day and they kiboshed it the police shut our street down it was four days of just 
trying to but wait why were you a target to all these ding-dongs just because you were because we were open and we told them they couldn't come in to use our bathroom because you have to wear a mask and Uh, um and anyway we we our our staff took a lot of abuse that that week uh then we you know i don't like to get into it that much but we did the indigenous beer with with 40 other breweries in, in ontario but for some reason we were the lightning rod that kind of struck the whole thing and uh indigenous issues is near and dear to my heart um and we tried our best and did a lot of uh uh soul searching before the brew happened and then one once you know the label was announced and chief lady bird was out there doing uh like promoting that she had worked on this and she was very proud and she got just shit on by people all over north america um it just it uh, there was a big culmination of everything staffing what, what was the issue uh, why were you a lightning rod why why was that problematic i, I missed it. uh beer and beer and indigenous issues and we were trying to raise awareness with 40 other breweries for missing and murdered indigenous uh women um people took offense to alcohol was, and indigenous issues yeah it just it kind of got to the point where just um you know we had aunties that were supporting it and uh we had different um different uh uh reserves and territories i don't want to say the word reserves but we had different communities uh, the indigenous communities um on board and we worked with uh native women's resource center in toronto to do it properly um and it just it just it came back and it just it didn't work out and it was it was crushing because our, our staff were really on board and they really loved to be part of it. And then it just came back to, um, to, uh, some negativity. Um, and then by January, this is a very long story. It seems like, but uh, by no, January, it sounds like a bunch of shit happened. Just, this is all coming. Yeah, it's all behind the scenes stuff. Right. And then January, 2022, I guess something just happened. I was just done. I, I could just sense that, I either needed a break or I was just burnt out and uh, I wasn't an effective um, manager or leader anymore. And I could just feel that something was happening. So I took a couple of weeks off and then uh, uh, just serendipitously uh, daily bread food bank, which uh, great lakes has been a huge supporter of for 14 years. Mm-hmm. They kind of reached out and looking for some assistance and something else. And then, two things led to another and they said hey do you want to come work for us i got there and it was an it's an amazing i gotta say it's amazing organization amazing people they do amazing work but after you know six Not weeks i knew it wasn't for me anywhere what are we doing here no, <laughs> but the funny thing is and i don't know if i can i well i can say this they don't care but the staff at daily bread who work extremely hard to get thousands hundreds of thousands of pounds of food out daily to people across the city uh they need to unwind too because they're they're eating a lot of heavy shit day in and day out and so uh being close to gray lakes we get to see them quite often which is nice so nice i mean yeah i mean the the period you've walked us through is probably the most stressful period in most people's lives i'm i'm right there with you it's I started therapy at the, around the exact same time you were mentioning all this shit going down. Cause it was like, there's a lot happening when, if you got kids, you got a job. It was like, Holy fuck. Uh, so yeah. yeah. So I get it. Totally get it. But you came back. Yeah. So the six weeks I was at daily bread, I just, it was like, I was 50,000 feet above uh, going, 
if I came back to the beer industry, it, what what could I do to be a more effective leader? To be to be honest, and is there something if I went back to Great Lakes, is there something that I could kind of implement or change or or not even change, but just um, t- take a deeper look at and, and work closer with Peter on. And so Peter and I met a couple times after I left and we had some pretty frank and honest discussions and um, it was mutual. We both missed each other and we. Um, it did sound like this. Please come back. You're all the marketing <laughs> we've ever had. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no. But, um, but we, 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 we talked and we said, you know, we both had a, like I said, mutual understanding that um, we work best if we're working together. And so, um, and I came back to a different role. Um, and, uh, it's been amazing. The, the coming back has been amazing. We've gone through a little bit of change, you know, the kind of post COVID year. Um, uh, but I'm really happy with where I'm at and where Great Lakes has had a good year, um, in a year of, a real economic downfall for um, some craft breweries. Um, And we've seen, everyone's heard it. You've talked a bit on the show where um, craft breweries are not, um, or breweries in general, I shouldn't say craft are, are down a bit. Um, And, but we're, we're, we're doing good. We're up and um, we're having a fun time and we have an amazing staff right now. And I've been with the, the brewery now for almost 12 years. And I can honestly say this is, the most fun, dynamic, fun-loving, um, uh, inspiring, and uh, creative—I'll say creative—staff that I've ever been involved with. They're, they've been—they're awesome. And you still got Lackey there making pretty good beer. If you know where he is, tell him to come back to work because he's say uh, <laughs> riding his bike or something in BC <laughs> right now. <laughs> what, what does the new role look like then, Troy? Is that, you know, are you kind of spearheading some of the stuff like the brew pub and GLB week? Is that, is that kind of your babies that you're, that you're growing? Good to hear from you, pal. Um, uh, so uh... <laughs> you're a chatty guy and there's, you know, you're the <laughs> yeah, breaks know, between questions are <laughs> less than one second. I'm not, there's no, imp, no, no spots for me to squeeze anything in. I'm too <laughs> so, um, so I came back as senior manager, sales and business development, and that's kind of a, it's all encompassing role. Um, so what, what I, it's really hard to actually say what I do at Gray Lakes, to be honest. Um, I do job to not know exactly what your job <laughs> yeah. is. It's more interesting that way. Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, I oversee all of our managing our management team on uh, the sales side of things, the marketing side of things inventory purchasing and analytics um i um i work with uh let's say he's an advisor who looks after he's an accountant um but work with the financing team um to make some some good decisions and some uh maybe some not so good decisions uh i don't uh i don't do day-to-day with uh, the brew pub uh, our second location uh but we're working on these leadership um uh this leadership structure where we have weekly meetings and to go over all these rocks and goals and tasks and 
and future plans. So when I came back, we set a three to five year strategic um, plan. And that's a very fancy word for what the hell do you want to do in the next three years? Uh, And I said, you know what? I have this idea of three to five years, but let's just whittle it down to one year. What do we want to see in one year? Um, And so we did that. We have five goals. Um, But at the same time, I wanted to get the brewery on board to say, what is it that we want to work towards? Uh, We need a vision and we need whatever you want to call it. Um, We need something to work towards together. And um, we did a lot of soul searching because in Great Lakes history, there was, we didn't have that. And so, like I said, at the start of the call, it was like, hey you work for great lakes it's like you have fun you drink beer you go make some sales and at the end of the year it's like hey good job but what is it that that could be one department but how do you get all departments to kind of row together and uh so we came up with uh with a vision and a mission and some value statements um and we try to live by those every single day um the vision is simply to be ontario's local brewery and i think um they always say when you're you're doing these exercises what is you know you can pay a consultant to come in and put your team in a room and say what is it and you you know you come up with i think wendy's slogan at one point was uh, to make the best dim or to make the best food using all natural ingredients blah 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 and no one could remember it and so when we were sitting around those kind of examples came up and then we said well we're available in Ontario. Like we don't sell to New Brunswick. We don't sell to Quebec. We don't sell to BC. Um, We have a a couple little stores in Nova Scotia, but for the 99.99% of our beer is here in Ontario. We are Ontario's local brewery. No one else our size can say that. And so that there, that's our vision. And what's our mission is to continue to do what we do and be inspired by the people who worked for us. And then we came up with the values. And so that's the main thing that I came back to help uh, kind of get put together. And then now it's, it's just the everyday stuff is someone to take the shit off Peter's plate, but also to help the managers and remove barriers and obstacles and, um, and to, to find some very creative partnership and, um, uh, we, we just partnered with Mimico Lacrosse uh, Junior A team last year. Um, we're doing GLB uh, Beer Week. Um, and so it's a, it's a little it's bit of everything, good to be year. honest. Looking yeah. for good partnerships. I mean, last year, I know you guys, you sent out beer to podcasters, but I guess not a good enough year this year for that deal to happen. That was earlier uh, I this don't year. Know if, it was I was going to say, I don't, know if, I don't know if Pell told you, but he comes into the brewery and so i don't know if he's bringing anything back to you but he's got the beer <laughs> i delivered it troy but that that's the highlight of my podcasting career was going and you'd be like pal what's going on i'm like oh shit i haven't seen you in years troy you'd greet me like an old friend you must be listening to the show and you're like you haven't been on in a couple of weeks here's some beer really really made my day he's like and that girl over there was asking about you she wasn't but it felt nice that you made that up for <laughs> It was a mannequin. No, I think uh, I I think there's a lot of Pell heads out there in Ontario. I do. Yeah, the Pell, there's a lot of Pell heads. Well, if you're a listener to the show, so you know you know what Pell's Corner is. So, but we're gonna throw to Pell's Corner. But before we do, you have done a lot in craft beer. Granted, at the same place from sales, marketing, social media, you you know you you burned out your back. 
Uh, <laughs> no, sorry. I, I like mean, how you put it that way. No, I mean, <laughs> quick summation. Good. Quick summation. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. You you hit a wall. You you've come back. You're re-inspired. You're re- you said hit a wall, motherfucker. I'm paraphrasing you. <laughs> you sold out. You came back. My question is, as before, as your final question, what still excites you about this business? I mean, it seems like you've given some, uh, you know, Great Lakes Brewery's got a, a little bit more structure and a little bit more vision, and that's awesome. But like, you know, even on this podcast week after week, sometimes you're like, ah, it's the kind of the same old. Like, I mean, I don't know. You've been around forever. What still gets you out of bed in the morning and excites you about this industry? Uh, the really corny answer is the, the people it's like, there's people that depend on, uh, Great Lakes and people that depend on Peter and, um, and, and that structure and that vision to, to make a livelihood. And so that's, that's one, two, I love the GR side of things, the government relations side of things that we're working on right now with the OCB, with, uh, the Canadian coalition of independent craft brewers for federal tax relief. Um, you know, I went to Ottawa recently with them um, to uh, go to the Hill and uh, say we need federal excise change uh, for craft breweries and well, all breweries in Canada and getting to meet with all the MPs um, to uh, to discuss that. Uh, two months ago, I went to Collingwood for the Ontario caucus. Uh, the federal Ontario caucus was uh celebrating or doing something meetings in Collingwood. So I was one of two breweries in all of Canada to get to, to go up and meet with everyone in Collingwood, just to say, now's the time, like just change the, the excise um, right now, like, get rid of the escalator and modernize it so that, you know, right now in the Fed. So I got to, I got to tell you guys this because it's, it's mind blowing when you hear it, but right now, the federal definition of craft beer is 75,000 hectoliters and under. So steam whistles over that. Let's just put steam whistle over that. Muskoka is coming up to that. Um, when you wor- put worldwide production, a lot of breweries go over that. So if you're at a steam whistle level, you're paying the exact same tax amount per hectoliter that Molson Coors does at 600 million hectoliters or 6 million hectoliters, whatever they do. Uh, it's just not fair. It's just not, it's just not like, and you look at the States and it's seven bill or 7 million barrels as a, so it's just skewed that way in Ontario we're taxed so high. It's, it's ridiculous. We pay a nine cent can tax. We pay a two cent recycling depot tax. We say we pay a, we have to build in the 10 cent recycling can tax um we have the basic beer tax we have the uh, volume fee so when you take a case of or a case of beer or a can of beer at 355 it's like 85 cents of that 355 is taxed so that's what gets me up uh every day is talking about how to change the legislation to help brewers essentially the the ones that are under 15,000 hex or less um because everything that we do at Prairie Lakes level uh, and the OCB is to help, really to help the smaller brewers. Um, it helps us, but it, the majority of brewers in this country, in this province are are under the the, the 10 to 15,000 hex. So 
Um, Have you considered getting Bob and Doug McKenzie to do some radio spots? Because I don't think the OCB could afford that, and the coalition (laughs) is definitely not going to do that. We're going to stand on the merits, but uh, no. Uh, So Beer Canada came out and did that for the escalator. That's the escalator. They did. (laughs) (laughs) The escalator is one thing. We don't want to see the escalator back, but that's Beer Canada's fight. Uh, the coalition's fight is modernizing the tax structure in Canada so that it's of course, fair BBC. for everyone. Bob and Doug McKenna. I know you are. Yes, I know you are. <laughs> beer Canada has big beer issues and they got big beer money to pay for stuff. And they got so much media traffic. Uh, I'll, I'll say it though. You know, Beer Canada is, uh, they have their moments. Um, they, even though they represent the biggest brewers in, in the country, they do represent the interests of smaller brewers too when it comes to the when it taxation. happens to align by mistake with the big guys. Yes, I will say that. Yes, I will say you're correct in that uh, assessment. But it's a um, if we could if we could both get together on tax reform in this country uh, for brewers of all size. But then you take a look at it, and like ninety nine percent of the brewers in this country are small brewers. Um, right. it makes most of the new jobs, most of the tourism, honestly, everything that matters except for the dollars that lobby government. Or, no, in Canada, the- we only want two companies in every industry, though. <laughs> yeah, it seems that way sometimes. Yeah, no, it's like 80% of all the jobs in beer are from craft breweries. Um, in Canada, in Ontario, that's somewhere around the like 70, 60, 70 mark. Um, and it's just, it's, it really is astonishing that um, as much as we put back in the GDP, like 685 million in Ontario, like we just can't, we just can't move the needle uh, when it comes to the, the poison tax and uh, the can tax. And so I think this, this provincial government right now, they're reeling right now from all the, the, whatever however you want to say it the stupidity that they've done with the green belt um they're fucking but, they're all fucking yeah, that was well said i i, <laughs> oh, I, I think there i think there's some movement uh to come with our our provincial beer tax so um yeah let dougie let let's dougie hope let's hope for a fall economic beer, statement yeah he seems to like beer talking yeah. points you got to give him an easy to digest win like this is he wasn't he i don't think their government was a fan of me during the bucket beer um that was uh i did get a couple calls saying okay it's time to stop um uh from people in the conservative party saying hey it's time to stop you've said your piece um and and yeah, I I went on the attack because it was a stupid thing to to come out on, and I still stand by that to this day. But uh, yeah, I'm not going to win any fans here. But this government has also helped craft brewers, big and small, with uh, increased hours of taproom operations, retail operations, home delivery during COVID, uh, sales of a twenty ounce draft in the in the taproom. So. Um, there has been a lot of changes made in the last, even the wind government, but in the last five to six years that have really helped small brewers do different yeah. things. When there's an easy talking point about beer that's going to grab some headlines, they're all over it. When it comes down to digging in and actually doing the homework and the policy, there's no wonks in this. There's no. Well, I, I did hear one time from a minister years ago saying, all we have to do is take an eraser to the, to the uh, liquor licensing act and just remove you know, take an eraser and remove one line 
and you guys could open more stores like so that you don't have to have a brewery attached to a retail so right. we could open like five stores and i said well why don't you guys do that and they're like oh the mfa uh, master framework agreement mm-hmm. so we'll see what happens in the next month we'll hear from the government to say what they're going to do with that so it'll be an interesting two years once they make the announcement Maybe there'll be a string of craft beer stores along the green belt. Just plow the fuck out of that green belt. <laughs> That's actually, I, I don't think craft brewers will be aligned with that. Benjamin. New craft beer belt. All right. Yeah. In the interest of time, uh, if anyone's still listening, thanks. It's been an hour. Troy, you're lovely, but this is a long time. <laughs> I'm going to edit out all the middle part. No, I'm just kidding. But let's get into some Pell's Corner. You, can you stick around and do a little whatever the hell Chris has got for us? This is his time to shine. You got it. You got it. You got it. Is the game over? Are you okay? Did the Jays lose? I've turned the game off. The Jays have lost. Yes. <laughs> okay. We're going to, Chris, do you have uh, the new theme song for Pell's Corner ready to go? Not yet. You know, it's a, it's in post production. Uh, it's okay. still getting mastered. Okay, I still have the old one here, so we'll find it. Is a bird is the word? <laughs> All right, Chris, what do you got for us tonight? It's a little something special. We turn it over to Chris, the highly talkative, contemplative Chris Pellerin. I got a I got a weird feeling that anything I said is going to hit the editing room floor too. So it's like I'm I'm not even here tonight <laughs> until this moment. Um, we're going to go back to grade eight geography class here in honor of great geography Lakes. was such a hit the last time you did it. You're bringing it back. Did it. What, what was my last geography one? You know what? It wasn't you. It was Chris Schreier when he was filling in. Oh, well, I, didn't, <laughs> I can't, I can't take responsibility for that. Okay. Um, but anyway, we all love geography. So it. we are going to do a quiz about the great lakes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Does this sound like fun? It seems topical. So I, I, like I keep looking for someone to jump over your shoulder coming from that sunlight or whatever it is right above you. That's an air conditioning vent. Um, <laughs> and I discovered tonight no one's been up in this room for five days, but one of my kids opened that skylight that's above, which was a nice discovery on the white couch I'm sitting on. Not, <laughs> not great with the rain recently. Um, all right. How many Great Lakes are there? Five. Yeah, he was quick. I saw your mouth move before I heard the words because I think this is a delay, but I will concur. There are five. All right, you guys both get a point for that one. Um, oh, there's no, there's no, there's no points for speed, Troy. I'm going to wait for you to answer all of them and then just say. <laughs> no, we're experiencing a moderate delay, so there will be no points for speed. Uh, bonus question: There were two sixth Great Lake candidates. Can you name either of them for a bonus point? No. Lake t- Lake Temiskaming. Good guess. If it was <laughs> a makeup one, uh, there was Lake Champlain in Vermont that was a great lake for 18 days, signed in by Bill Clinton, uh, so we could get some economic stuff in 1998, and then met with massive, massive protests. And uh, I didn't know people were that passionate about the Great Lakes because I don't remember that story. Um, and the other one was Lake Agizes. I'm probably saying that wrong, but it was the largest glacial lake ever formed in the world. And it's now been split into multiple lakes in Manitoba and northern U.S. Mm. Mm. Next question. How were the Great Lakes formed? Mm. Glaciers. Once again, there will be no speed bonuses, but 
Glaciers. <laughs> but you're both right. You're both right for sure. Oh, yes. <laughs> what percentage of the world's freshwater is in the Great Lakes? Closest percentage guess will get a point. 64%. Wow, that's high. I'm going to say 38. It's 20%. Point to ah. Ben. If it was 64, I think somebody would have declared war already, Troy. <laughs> um, how many islands are there in the Great Lakes? Same as the previous one. Closest one. to Toronto Island. There's none others. This is all the Great Lakes, Ben. But it's a good guess. No, there's only one. I stick into this answer. Uh, 3,000. I have no idea. I'm glad that you didn't go with two, Troy. That would have been cheap, but uh, it's 35,000 lakes. 35,000? Island, you mean? Uh, 35,000 islands. Yeah. islands. Excuse yeah. me. 35,000 islands in the Great Lakes? I switched to a Michigan triple IPA, so I'm uh, I'm uh, starting to lose it a little bit here. <laughs> Name um, two Great Lakes islands. I challenge you. There's 35,000. Can we name two among the three of us? The Thousand well, Islands. I mean, there's a thousand right there. Pele, where's Peely Island? <laughs> Peely Island, I think, is actually more of a peninsula, if you can believe it. Um, Manitoulin Island is the largest one. I, I used to mm -hmm. see that one all yep. the time. St. Maria on the way to visit my. Uh, okay, we've named two. Let's move on. We did it. <laughs> all right. Which which lake contains an underground Stonehenge? Come on. It's a real question. Superior. That's what I was going to say, just because the biggest, but I'll, I'll say Huron just to make it different from Troy. Michigan. It's 12 meters it, deep. Ah. There's an aligned set of stones that are believed to be about 9,000 years old, older than Stonehenge, in fact. In Lake Michigan? I'm going to ask yeah. you a question now. Mm -hmm. Who's got the oldest fishing weirs in all of North America? What city? Oh, I was going to say my Uncle Ron. They're so fucking rusty. <laughs> what city has the oldest? What lake? What lake? What lake in Ontario has the world's oldest documented fish weirs? What, what are you saying? I'm not a fisherman. Make fish weirs. Yeah. Fish weirs. No, it's, it's Kuchiching. Out near Rama, they have 5,000-year-old oh. fish weirs in the lake. You don't still. know what a fish weir is? Troy. We're not fishing. Oh fuck! No, I win that one. Then. I you know Greg I Weir. Go. I don't know fishing Weir. <laughs> I, I personally, I love Lake Kuchiching. It's one of my favorite lakes. You get a bonus point for that, Troy, for bringing that in. Damn it! And Easier we'll discuss weird. offline what a fish Weir is. I thought you were saying lure in like a really strange Me way. Me too. That's why I said my uncle had rest. I do have a I do have a Brecken accent, and uh, people make fun of me for it. So. I would never. I would never. Um, <sighs> Niagara Falls is between which two lakes? Oh, wow. A surprisingly tricky one in your mind as you think about it. Oh, it is, yeah. Um, and I'm going to sound really stupid. Huron and Ontario? Ben, what do you got? I'm going to pick two different ones. <laughs> Superior. And Michigan. 
Is there one we haven't he's, said? He's today? Googling it right now. He's Googling no, it. Right no, no, no. No, no. He's just staring <laughs> up into space, hoping. I don't somebody... Google. I don't cheat at quizzes. I, I'm going to say eerie. <laughs> it's not eerie. Uh, yeah, I'm eerie say, is a good one. I'm going to say eerie in Ontario. It is indeed eerie in Ontario. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. When you said you were yeah, going to name two good. different lakes, I'm like, are they both going to pick lakes that aren't beside each other? I'm like, that's going to be impressive <laughs> if they do. For the record, uh, I will pose this as a, as another question: best and worst Great Lakes. This is pure preference. Huron is best. Ontario, Ontario, and Superior. Wow, we got different answers. Chris, who's right? Um, I'm going to say I, I, my answer is different. I've got Huron and Michigan. Why, why do I care about Lake Michigan? It's not even in Canada. <laughs> Erie is dog shit. It's just all you can't even swim when you go there. It's always yeah, Erie didn't make our list. It was maybe it's the worst one, but Michigan's in Michigan. He's the so worst. Like, Huron's yeah. the best. Troy, you lose. We're at 4 4. I there was no points awarded for that one. Uh, oh. um, how many are there? <laughs> how many questions? I got about 35 questions here. Yeah, awesome. Um, <laughs> This one is this one's for Troy here. What is the largest fish in the Great Lakes? I can make this one multiple choice if that helps you guys. Why is it for Troy? Because he's a fisherman. Because he likes musky. The musky is that in the Great Lakes? The musky sturgeon. Ben Troy has opted for not multiple choice. You're on your own here. (laughs) You were going to give multiple choice. I was. I offered it up. uh, I wasn't listening. I'm going to say sturgeon. Uh, I would say there's some big fucking pickerel in the Lake Erie. <laughs> are you serious? Pickerel versus sturgeon? A awful answer. I don't fucking pickerel. know. Fish. Pickerels are like ten pounds at their largest. Man. It's, it's a sturgeon. You seen Lake Erie pickerel, bud? You yeah, ever seen the I, I got that one. Was it have, you, have you seen a lake sturgeon? They can be up to nine feet long and three hundred pounds. Slightly no, I bigger see than a pickerel. Fillets in the fucking metro. I don't see the fish. I just see the pieces. <laughs> that three hundred pound pickerel. That's like. 75 fish and chips dinners. Yeah, that's um, what Mackey's runs on in Port Stanley. What is the name of the monster that supposedly lives in Lake Erie? I could multiple choice this Lake one. Erie too, monster. If you guys are interested. Yeah. You guys multiple, multiple choice. choice. <laughs> are you Trampy? Trampy? Did you say Tramp- Trampy? <laughs> I'm just reading the names of the multiple choice, Ben. Just calm sure. down. Trampy, Champy, Bessie, or Nessie? Bessie. You said Bessie with a B? That's what I was going to say, too. Yeah. I'm going to go Champy just because it's not Trampy and Nessie's stupid. <laughs> it was Trampy, and I'm just kidding. It was Bessie. You're right, Trey. Yeah. I want to give you one. Man. That, that one could be counted. You had to choose a different one. Yeah, no. I, I know how games are played. Which lake is said to have an unexplained phenomenon similar to the Bermuda Triangle? Well, I know Lake Michigan's got like a Stonehenge thing going on. It's 12 meters deep. It's expected to, to be 9,000 years old. Uh, superior. I'm just going to go. Oh, Superior. I, Ben's right. It's, it's got to be Superior. It's Michigan. There's lots of shipwrecks. Ah, fuck. <laughs> and some people believe it is related to their underwater Stonehenge vent. Your answer was really, really Damn good. <laughs> Until you chose a different leg at the last minute. Um, Makes more sense. Yeah, we Which can, uh, Great Lakes want... brewery is better? The one in Cleveland or the one in Etobicoke? Ooh. We didn't touch on that tonight. Um, 
I've I don't think I've ever had that one. And it's, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's trash. They can't even call Champy their favorite monster. <laughs> Are we done? Is that it? Did Troy win? Uh, yeah, it lo- <laughs> Troy won. There's one more, but I mean, you've already lost officially. But oh, that's the last one here. I can't win. I can't tie. How long does it take for all the water in Lake Superior to replace itself? This is the number one closest to again. How many years? 16. 66. 191. And that's the largest one. What about the smallest lake, Lake Erie? How long does it take to replace all the water in Lake Erie? Oh, I'm sorry. That's all we have. That's all we have time for tonight, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) I liked it. I liked the Great Lakes. It was a good. That was a good Pell's Corner. I'm going to give a shout out to Pell's Corner tonight. All right, it's eight eight four for Troy. I love it when the guests win. I mean, a lot of times I try to make sure that they do, but tonight I didn't have to, Troy. So kudos. (laughs) Pretty weird how the guests always win. Well, thank you, Troy, for being on the show. This was fun. Uh, Thanks for having me. Finally. Yes, uh, we'll uh, see you again in a, I don't know, we've we done 57 episodes or something, we'll see you in 57 more. A longhorn. Longhorn logger. Do I look like a sarsaparilla man to you? One longhorn coming up. Longhorn Lager by Farmer's Creed Beer. Grab the bull by the horns at select beer and LCBO stores. Were we laughing too much about Nazis? Nah.